Hi, y'all, and welcome to the Fitness Nutritionist Podcast. And that's nutritionist with an S, since there's two of us. We're your hosts, Stephanie and Mandy. We all know that nutrition and fitness information can be overwhelming and confusing. So we're here to help women find real answers for all things fitness and nutrition related by giving you quick tips and strategies so you can find your healthy weight, get fit, and improve your physical and mental health. And as registered dietitians, we know how nutrition and exercise can help you feel better and allow you to live your healthiest and happiest life. So be sure and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the episodes full of great tips and helpful information we have just for you. You can also join us in our private Facebook group, The Fitness Nutritionist Corner, where we will provide fun challenges, answer your questions, and support women along their journey to a better health. So grab a glass of water and let's get moving with today's topic. Welcome back to another episode of the Fitness Nutritionist Podcast. And as promised, today we're going to be doing part two of our two-part segment on hypothyroidism. So in the first section, if you missed it, definitely go back to last week's podcast and listen to that one. That's where we talked about the symptoms of hypothyroidism, your risk factors for it, and that type of thing. And we have our guest speaker back on today, Linda. Thanks for joining us again. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. So we talked last week a lot about some of those symptoms. Linda and I both have hypothyroidism, that brain fog, the feelings of cold or hot, uh, the tingly fingers, the thinning hair, the dry, brittle nails, all of those things. We talked about that more in depth there. Some of your risk factors for having it. And then, um, we told you that today we would talk about some of the lab values that you need to have looked at. And then just to be sure that if you are feeling those symptoms, that you do definitely get those checked out. So let's start off by talking a little bit about why it's really important that if you're feeling those symptoms, that you're sure that you get your thyroid checked out. Mandy, what's some of the complications that can arise if hypothyroidism is left untreated? Yeah. So if it's left untreated, um, it can raise our cholesterol levels and it can make you more likely to have a stroke or mm -hmm. a heart attack. So even if our, if we're predisposed to that uh, because of family history, you know, we want to make sure, you know, what are things that we can do to um, stay on top of our health conditions, things that we can control. So we also may develop a goiter the, it's that constant stimulation of your thyroid to release more hormones that may cause that gland to be enlarged. So that is something that's really easily detected um, through a physical assessment by your PCP. And, and they will typically, you know, like check around your neck area. Other complications can be mental health issues. So that's a really complicated topic right now with what's going on in our current world. You know, if you're staying at home because of isolation or you're having to work from home and you're used to working around a lot of people, we may be having some mental health issues related to other reasons. Well, as we discussed in the previous episode, we really have to pay attention to what symptoms and even complications that we may be having that we can communicate that to our PCP. I know, Linda, one thing you said that you started noticing when you first got diagnosed with 
your hypothyroidism was you were having that numbness in your hands and your feet. And that's typically something we call neuropathy. Linda, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit more about some other complications? Because I know you related to this next Well, the, topic. the, the goiter, I didn't realize I had a goiter, but when I went into the endocrinologist, he, they'll do an exam where they kind of push on your thyroid and make you swallow. And then he was like, oh yeah, you've got it. You definitely have a goiter. So (laughs) I guess I didn't really realize I had it, but I had it. (laughs) And then then the numbness of the hands and feet, I had that. Infertility, I had that. I I pretty much had this entire list. Um, Mm -hmm. Elevated cholesterol, I still have to watch my cholesterol. I still have to, I have to be careful on what I eat because my cholesterol elevates very easily. Mm -hmm. So yeah, all of these things are very, very true. Yeah. And in severe cases, very low levels of thyroid hormones can trigger a loss of consciousness and even a life-threatening drop in body temperature. So yeah, it's just real important. We may think, you know, if if you're kind of in those initial stages or all you're kind of experiencing at first is a, is a little bit of fatigue or a little bit of brain fog, or you're like, man, I am losing some of my hair, you know, don't let that keep going. Be sure that that you go and and get checked. And like Linda said on that first part, you know, when she first went to her doctor and he wanted to treat her for depression, yes, as you mentioned here, Mandy, those mental health issues can come into effect. And not to say that you might not need treatment or medication for the depression, but had Linda started on it, say an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety, and then her mood picked up, that would still not have treated that root cause, that thyroid condition. So had she not continued to, you know, seek out answers and kind of put all these pieces of the puzzle together, like I said, it could have been treating her for that and then totally missing this underlying cause of it. And, you know, like you said, then later having developed more high cholesterol or some of these, these other things. So um, it's just so important. I can't stress how important it is. Yeah, we talked about that previously about d- determining what is that root cause. And so for mm-hmm. Linda, and I'm I'm assuming for you too, that root cause was your thyroid issue. Yes, you were having these, you know, these breakout things of dry skin, numbness, infertility, things like that. Those things, like you can go to different doctors to treat those things. So think of it as a tree, like our root cause was the abnormal thyroid, but then sprouting out of that were other issues. So Mm -hmm. sometimes we tend to say, oh, I'm having infertility. Let me go see this doctor or, oh, I'm having numbness. Let me go see, you know, the neurologist or, you know, fill in the blank. So uh, a lot of times we have to get that physician with our communication to find out what is causing that root cause. We don't want, you know, pills to always be thrown at us or different suggestions to treat the things that are offshooting from that root. Mm-hmm. We want to fix that root. Yeah, that's a good. I think you need to find a good endocrinologist that you like and trust because that's, I think the key is the endocrinologist. Yes. In your case, it was your gynecologist who diagnosed it and and bravo to that physician to pay attention to what those signs and symptoms were that she could actually diagnose you with that and then refer you on to Mm -hmm. the endocrinologist. Yeah. 
So I don't know about you guys. I find so many times physicians don't look at that T3 and T4. They just want to look and diagnose you by that TSH. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to the importance of why we want to go to an endocrinologist because that's their field. That's their knowledge. Um, So many times that T4 may be elevated and I have seen it time and time again, where physicians, if they don't understand what that T3 and T4, the functioning is for, then they kind of dismiss all of the symptoms and complications somebody may be having, you know, despite the fact that that T4 may be elevated. Mm-hmm. You need to request a thyroid panel. Like if, yeah, if right. you go to a practitioner, they're just going to pull a TSH. And you have to say, no, I would prefer if you could write the order for a full thyroid panel. Yeah, that's how exactly. I start doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're, we're mm-hmm. definitely going to talk about, you know, what is involved in a, in a full thyroid panel. Let's talk about that. So when Linda said to request the full thyroid panel, like I said earlier, I have so many women when, when I'm working with them on weight loss or their mood, depression, I will say, hey, have you had your thyroid checked? And they come back to me time and time again. Oh, yeah, my doctor ran my TSH. It's fine. But I'm still having XYZ and they'll list the majority of these symptoms. And then that's when we have to go into looking into this deeper. So let's give a a little description of each lab that you should have checked. And I'll also have this in the show notes so you don't have to scribble writing all this down. Just refer to the show notes and print that off and take it to your doctor. If you need help with that, you can um, message us too. We have a Facebook group, The Fitness Nutritionist Corner, or on Instagram, the.fitness.nutritionist. You can message us there. So I think, Lindo, you want to talk about the TSH? I think we're all familiar with that one. So TSH is your thyroid stimulating hormone. It's a reflection of your pituitary function and your pituitary gland secretes this hormone and sends it to your thyroid gland to create T1, 2, 3, and 4. Right. So basically, basically, if your TSH comes back high, that means you're hypothyroid. And if it comes back low, then you're hyperthyroid. So they're inversely related. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of people do get confused on that. Um, so it's an, yeah, an inverse relationship. So when your TSH is too high, that means that your thyroid is functioning at a lower level. And when your TSH is low, your thyroid is essentially over-functioning. Yeah. So. Which can be confusing. So I've had to have Linda make me a chart before mm-hmm. explaining this. And I, I still use it all the time. One of the other things that we're looking at is your free T4. This hormone is made by the thyroid gland. And is an inactive form, which Stephanie already talked about. It can only be converted into T3 when it is in a free form. So the next one is your T4 total. And that shows both the unbound and the free bound levels of inactive T4 and the active T3 hormones that are circulating into our bloodstream. So T3 can give us more information into how our body is converted to T4 to T3. So it's it's that relationship where we're not just looking at that TSH. We need to look at what is that T3? What is that T4? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the total T3 can give more information into how your body is converting that over. So your free T3, this is the active form. And this is what is used to provide you with energy. So this is the hormone that 
drives metabolism. And then we do have the reverse T3. This is an inactive form and this is not usable by the cells. So these can bind to cell receptor sites and actually prevent T3 from being used by the body. So this generally happens in times of high stress levels in order to slow the body down and conserve energy. And that's why it's real important that you're having all of these different levels checked because like I said, if you have a high level of reverse T3, this cannot be used. And and if you are dealing with a lot of stress, this is kind of God's mechanism. He slows your body down in order to conserve energy. So you have to be sure that you're getting those T3 levels checked, the total T3, free T3, reverse T3, because they're all indications of different things that are going on with those hormones. So I don't know about you, Linda, but I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism in my 20s. I turned 50 last year. And for the first time ever last year, because I requested it, is when I had these next labs checked. So you're, and and that's when I found out that I actually have Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune disease, not just the problem with just my thyroid gland. So I strongly suggest women get this checked also. So it's your thyroid peroxidase antibodies. You can also see this as TPOAB or your thyroid globulin antibodies. So your thyroid globulin antibodies, these attack your thyroid globulin, which is what your body uses to produce hormones. And this is the test that can be used to help determine if you have Hashimoto's. And then your TPO, so your thyroid peroxidase antibodies, these attack an enzyme that is used to make thyroid hormones. So having this lab check can also help determine if you have Hashimoto's. Because again, like I said in that last part, there's a distinct difference. That one is with your thyroid gland. This one is an autoimmune disease, which can require different treatment, different medications, even a different diet. So if you've been told that your TSH levels were fine, yet you're still feeling all these classic symptoms of a thyroid disorder, please do yourself justice and ask your doctor to order these other tests. As you can see, you know, because we have that active and inactive form, we have that reverse T3 that kicks in when we're under stress and you have to have that active form of thyroid in order to attach to those receptor sites and actually give your body energy. So on the TGAB and TPOAB, are those a part of the thyroid panel? They can be. Or is that something in addition to the thyroid panel? I've never seen them on a thyroid panel. Have you, Linda? You have to ask for it. Yeah, you have to ask for it. Okay. So they're in addition to. Oftentimes. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And it can depend on you know, what your doctor specifically orders or what lab that you're at. That's why, you know, ask to see, Mm -hmm. well, what all are you ordering and be sure that, you know, we're having that TSH, the free T4, the reverse T3, the free T3, those types of things. So that's how you can get that true indication of what is actually going on with these hormones in your body. So this thyroid disorder is probably one of the most underdiagnosed disorders in women. 
because these, as we've been talking, these symptoms have so many other correlations with other things. So um, like Stephanie and Linda have, and even I have said, we, we have to be active participants in our own care. We need to have some knowledge. And when we're going to the doctor, you know, have that discussion with them. Don't be afraid. You know, I'm always telling my clients and my patients, like take a notepad, already have your questions wrote down mm-hmm. before you go in there. Because this happens to us too. We go in there and we see the doctor and then we kind of forget everything yeah. we, we wanted to talk about. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the other thing, and I was talking with my clients last week about this and Linda, you talked about it in the, in the first episode. I know that before I was started on my medication and that's, that's kind of a whole different topic. There's all sorts of medications that can't, that can be used <laughs> and people definitely have their opinions on, you know, should it be Synthroid? Should it be Armor story, should it be whatever, whatever. We don't have time to discuss all that today, but I know that when I first started on my medication, I was like you, like I dropped weight and nothing changed. My diet was the same. My exercise was the same. And once my body started getting these hormones that it needed, I just instantly dropped. I don't know. It was like 10, 10 or 15 pounds doing nothing different. But then I've also noticed through the years that when my thyroid is getting off, I can put 10 pounds on and I'm only five, two. So, you know, 10, 15 pounds on me, I can, I, that's a big deal. And I'll go to the doctor because I know what's going on. I'll have my labs checked and sure enough, you know, over time, you know, it, it is a gland, it's a hormone. So it's not a constant thing. It's not you know, stimulated and shooting out these hormones at an exact constant level. So it is something that if you have this, you do need to monitor this over time. It's not a one and done type thing. Definitely not. And and that's why they recommend to have your lab work done about every six weeks, because your body has to get adjusted to that medication. And as we discussed either, um, I think we discussed it earlier and even in the last um, session is how our metabolism is tied to that thyroid, you know, like how, mm-hmm. how they can correlate with each other. And as our metabolism changes, that's when we gain weight or as our metabolism changes, you know, like speeds up, we start to lose weight. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily diet is not correlated with your thyroid, but we can say diet can be correlated with your metabolism. Yeah. And then once you're thyroid is stabilized and those labs are normal, you can often just have it checked every six months or every year. But when you're having it adjusted initially or you're switching between medications, then yes, they do normally check it every six weeks because it it, it can definitely be an adjustment there. Linda, any other last thoughts you want to share with your experience? So for many years, I would see the endocrinologist, but you know, it's not always the easiest to get appointments for the endocrinologist. It's not always that, you know, convenient. So I, I have had my general practitioner is now handling my thyroid and he's checking my labs and all that. So he's doing a pretty good job with that. So if you do find a general practitioner that can handle it, that can work too. But in the beginning, I definitely did need like Mandy was saying in the very beginning, it was every, probably every six weeks I was checking my lab work. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Stephanie, after it kind of levels out, it's probably every six months. Mm-hmm. So. And also functional medicine really addresses this too. So yeah. if you have one of those in your area that you trust, um, I'm a big proponent of trying to address these things 
And then coming into this too, like getting good sleep, getting good rest, eating a nutritious diet, you know, it's not going to necessarily cure hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's, but it can definitely help you feel better. It's not just, oh, swallow this pill and all this magic is going to happen. You can't just take your medication and then have a diet that's just full of processed foods and, you know, you're, you're just not eating healthy overall and you're just eating junk and never getting fruits and vegetables or whole grains, that type of thing. You have to keep in mind that in order for you to be your healthiest and to feel your best, it is a multifactorial approach to it in order for you to get those best results. I think also for me, a big factor was finding a type of exercise that wasn't going to drain me. Mm -hmm. um, And that was more restoring than draining. So exactly. like, for instance, uh, Pilates, yoga, bar, those types of exercises, they're easier on your joints too. Mm-hmm. And they're low impact, but they help you uh, with your flexibility and your muscle strength and just maintaining all of that rather than doing something like kickboxing or, you know, something that's going to completely drain me and hurt my joints. Right. So. Yeah. Strength training. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So it may not necessarily be the best thing. Right. If you have, if you have one of these conditions. So. Yeah. Well, Linda, thank you so much for joining us again today. I know the listeners are going to have enjoyed hearing your experience with hypothyroidism. And if you have any other questions on this or anything like that, please just contact us on either our website, the fitness nutritionist or Instagram. And we just hope that you can take this information. If you're feeling any of these things that you get that address so you can live your healthiest and happiest life. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you gained a little more info to help you along your journey to your best life. We would love it if you would take just a minute to write this podcast and share it with your family and friends. And as always, let us know if you have anything you would like us to talk about on any future episodes. And don't forget... Go to the Fitness Nutritionist Corner, our private Facebook group, where we'll have those fun challenges. We'll answer your questions and support women along their journey to a better health. You can also contact us on our website at thefitnessnutritionist.com. And that's nutritionist with an S. And just remember, ladies, you are worth it.